welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the fifth Purge film sanctioned by Universal Studios. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Ellie and one of the Newton brothers, Tyler Hymanson. <laughs> Tyler Hymanson dash Newton. Uh, yes. Yeah. You may not know that, but you learn something new every day. It, something Newton every day. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, well, welcome, everybody. We're back here uh, taking another break from the Great Valley to bring you the latest and greatest in the Purge series from the brand new The Forever Purge. Oh. The allegedly final purge, unless somebody decides they really want to make another one. Yeah. 24-7 purge time. Um, well, we're excited to talk to you guys about this brand new movie. Another another brand new one. You know, we don't always get to talk about new stuff. Uh, so it's exciting times here. Um, but before we get into it, Eliz, where can people reach out to us? Yep. Let us know what you think. And if you're excited to see us get back to dinosaurs next week by emailing us at sequelrights at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequel rights. And please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Five stars goes a long way to helping to expand our jury pool of sequel rights <laughs> and having other people help find the podcast. That's right. All right. Well, time to lock your doors and grab your, Guns, I guess. Ethan Hawk. <laughs> yeah, gra- <laughs> grab your Ethan Hawk. Sign that contract for extra security because it's time for the p- forever purge. The annual purge will conclude in three, two, one. Thank you for your participation. We survived. All police and emergency services have been reinstated. All crime, including murder, is now illegal. Come on, let's get to work. One night only. Rest of the year is peaceful. is the real purge the forever purge kind of a longer trailer there but i had to wait till they got to that titular line the forever purge (laughs) oh yeah so here we are at uh purge movie number five uh in 2021 in the midst of all sorts of crazy shit happening in the real world we get to see Another glimpse into the purge world, which is, uh, you know, slowly but out, surely becoming the gate, the which I don't I don't I didn't walk in knowing this, but I think that we should. Uh, before we talk about the movie, this movie was shot in February 2020 and was supposed to come out in July of last year. Yeah. Uh, so 
not in the con. A, a lot has happened has happened in America since then, and this movie might feel a little. Um, yeah, there's there's some like terrifying real life events that are mirrored here um, in dramatic ways with kind of a shrug. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see in some ways how it would have been better to see it back then, but then other ways like. I it would mean, have been worse was, in retrospect. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like nice, almost, to be like to think of those that uh, environment as somewhat in the past. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's still a lot of bad people around, but like the fact that we can kind of be like, oh, haha, I remember when things were like pretty much almost like that. You know, <laughs> like instead yeah. of like instead of thinking like, wow, things are probably going to be like this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I still felt, I still personally felt pretty, <laughs> like much like that. <laughs> yeah, I did too. There's, there's <laughs> things in this movie that are like, you know, it's, you know, it's weird to hear, you know, that it was written and supposed to be released so much earlier because, you know, there's stuff about like the insurrection and there's like, there's like little news dialogue snippets that sound like they could have been ripped straight from like actual news reels. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, and the movie also starts with like the wall has been built. Yeah, like. Yeah, so we learn uh, in, like, the opening credits, basically, that uh, the NFFA has retaken control of the White House. They've been voted back into power after, uh, you know, our favorite person of from Lost is no longer. That's yeah, Elizabeth Mitchell couldn't, couldn't, you know. I just read an article on Screen Rant that said... Charlie Rome and her fans deserve better. Yeah. She only got the one movie. I thought she'd come back uh, more, but apparently not. Well, not yet, at least. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I uh, looked it up, and the official like chronological order is the first Purge, the Purge TV series, hashtag threesome, uh, the Purge, yeah. Purge Anarchy, <laughs> Purge Election Year, and then now the Forever Purge. So it kind of sucks because, yeah, at the end of the election year, Juliet became president and it was all hopeful and then we find out okay apparently it was like good for nothing yeah they they skip past all the her two terms or whatever <laughs> and uh go right back into total chaos and then so. yeah it sucks um but yeah. for some reason even though the purge has been going on for what like at least 10 years now mm-hmm Yep. Mexican people are still trying to sneak into America for some reason. And I guess these people in particular were in trouble with the cartels. Um, the wife was a part of a uh, rebel rebel group that was trying to take down the cartels or whatever. So I guess they had to escape. Fine. But I'm kind of like, why did you why would you want to come to America? The purge has already been happening for 10 years. It's run by the NFFA. But yeah, you know, whatever. That's it was kind of weird because like once, you know, we, we see them, we see them cross in and then we like time jump to them. Like it must be like a year later or something where they've all like they've established lives. They're great. And then we get to witness them seeing the purge for the first time. And they act really. I mean, I guess you would still be shocked. But at the same time, yeah. it's like you knew this was going to happen. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think that they do have an I think that they do toe the line of them coming in like kind of wide eyed. Seems like they knew that it was a thing, but like when it's actually happening, they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and I guess it's the difference between having specific people trying to kill you and then versus knowing that right. someone, yeah, like, anyone might like, just try to hunt you down because of right. what you look like. And yeah. 
you know, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, you know, kind of like jumping ahead a tiny bit, spoiler alert, the whole like kind of premise of this movie is that the American people to escape the purge are going to try to get into Mexico and Canada, mm-hmm. but, but to before the borders close. And I think that maybe would have been like somehow more cool if it was like Mexican, longtime Mexican-Americans, like rather than these people that just... um immigrated a year ago but you know i mean whatever it's still no that would have been a really interesting story of people who you know came here had a whole life and realized that you know that this is a sham and you know we need to go back yeah Uh, (laughs) sorry another lost quote Uh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a few things in this movie that i feel like could have made for more interesting movies than the one we got but uh we can get into that. but i get that they want and they i think what was more important to the creators of this movie is that Juan, the main character can barely speak English. And so that sets up an instant, you know, uh, issue for him and yeah. this Josh Lucas character. So rather than having a Mexican American guy who doesn't speak English, that doesn't make any sense. Cause obviously he would have grown up here. So, uh, instead they, uh, err toward having him be a recent immigrant. Mm-hmm. And it sets up the, the dreamers joke that comes later in the movie. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was a joke. But <laughs> uh, you think it was a joke? I don't think they yeah. said it in the movie as a joke. It was like, yeah. A, well, no, they didn't it say was it as like a joke. A, it was a screenwriter being like, "This will be clever." Oh yeah, but I don't <laughs> yeah. think it was like a ha ha dreamers yeah. joke. Fair, fair enough. Sure, it was supposed to be like a com. Yeah, you know. Yeah, attempted commenting on a witticism, situation. I guess, is, go, instead yeah. of a joke. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It wasn't like a. Punchline. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go over. We've we've alluded to we have Juan and Adela uh, who have yeah, come yeah. to the United States from Mexico approximately one year before the purge, and it's their first purge that's for them. Yeah, after terif- one requisite needless jump scare from a child. Yeah, I was gonna say they're terrified of children. <laughs> <laughs> That was this. That was a pretty bad jump scare. I I did feel like through most of this movie, I was like, did they design part sequences of this movie specifically for the Halloween Horror Nights maze this yeah. year? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yes. So wait, before they leave Mexico, though, they're like going through the caves, and this kid like gives her a little card and is like, if anything goes wrong, <laughs> look for the roses. Follow mm-hmm. the rose. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I I certainly didn't know this, and maybe we should have had uh, someone Mexican come on as a guest to confirm whether or that not there's a secret code of roses painted all over the United States to lead you back into Mexico secretly should trouble arise. I mean, I don't know if that exact thing exists, but it sounds like a plausible uh, thing that yeah, maybe they could have researched yeah. that there's some sort of like community thing. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. How about you go out and drive around following murals that look like roses and roses. then you let us yeah. know. Well, this oh, one has I'll, an I'll arrow. Just the ro- we, we hung around the Rose Bowl all day yesterday and nothing <laughs> yeah, happened. So. I never found the entrance that's to Mexico. True. Okay. That's true. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So who else? Who else do we have? Eliz, we're, you were introducing we got uh, the white people. The whites. Yes. <laughs> so there's a rich white family. Uh, led by uh, Ranchers. Josh Lucas. Yep, Josh. And Lucas. Well, Will Can't. Patton is leading the family. Well, yes, yes. Sorry, uh. he and he's a, a sympathetic old white guy who probably like I guess they're 
So they're sort of implying he was a hippie. He's a little more liberal. He's not racist, unlike his racist son for some reason yeah i mean so yeah they they own a really expensive ranch they have ranch hands like the movie introduces one uh after this insane like there's this insane like horse taming dick measuring competition (laughs) that happens exactly where like josh lucas is like yeah yeah he's just like oh like he's trying to like use like use his wavy arms to like calm the horse uh, but then he gets kicked in the fucking chest uh, <laughs> and like is fine. But like, he does nurse it for like multiple days afterwards, yeah. which I actually did appreciate. Uh, but then Juan comes in and like is it, he's the horse whisperer. And uh, somebody even at one point off to the sides like, no, that's a cowboy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. Like he puts the horse all the way down, lays it on the ground, on the ground. <laughs> and then they just walk away like, all right, we're done. Well, they're just going to leave like, the horse on the ground. I was going to turn to you. I was like, is he going to fuck this horse? <laughs> I thought the horse was about to give birth or something. I'm yeah. like, why are they having it lie down? Yeah, I thought he was just going to like put a saddle on it or something. So, <laughs> so Josh Lucas, like his manhood's hurt. And so that's just with the rivalry. But we get this is a nice introduction to all the ranch hands. And the next thing we see is uh, that, you know, the the wizened older you know, ranch owner giving out purge bonuses to everybody and being like, hey, here's some extra money. Stay safe, you know, be and like it's actually a pretty good way of showing that like this guy where he stands on the purge, where he stands on, you know, his employees and everything else. It Like it, it there was a way of him handing it out where that could be like disingenuous or whatever it could be like oh here's a purge bonus like merry christmas but they do it in a good way i think this actor does a a, a good job in selling that like this is something that i don't have to do that i'm doing because i give a shit about you know everybody I, on this ranch i got the sense that he was like probably someone who initially like voted for the purge and supported the nffa and like yeah. now after all these years of it happening and him seeing the results he's it the the, the way he was p- performing like while the you know emergency broadcast was going on i just got that feeling that he was like ah what have we done like this is just not right like, yeah I, and like I, there's kind of that, that i'm ashamed of maybe oh, having sorry. supported this or whatever yeah that never plays out with his son too because he's like yeah like i kind of fucked up raising him it's one of the things he says <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean okay so like obviously like growing up in uh orange county or whatever like i i've seen a lot of families where like you know, you have your kids in this environment, you let them do whatever and go off with their friends to whatever. But then all of a sudden you like open your eyes one day and somehow your kid is, a you know, like conservative right wing Christian, yeah. you know, born again. And you're like, wait, what happened? I wasn't like that, you know, like or or not. Maybe you weren't the most liberal, but you definitely weren't like that far. And then all of a sudden your yeah. kid is like a pastor who's preaching in Korea or something like that. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> how did this happen? You know, like so I get that he's like disappointed that his son has turned out to be uh, quite a bit more conservative uh, mm-hmm. than he is. It's not fully confirmed, like until later like josh lucas doesn't actually like say anything like it's juan that's kind of like he doesn't like me because i'm mexican josh lucas is being mean to him but it's also probably a lot about the whole manhood thing yeah but yeah i mean i I still had like 
I, I was going to say, I still personally had like issues with connecting with these characters. Cause I was like from the get go, like, Oh, this guy's a racist piece of shit. Like, why should yep. I be like, Oh God, I hope him and his wife survive. No, like, it was an interesting <laughs> choice for this movie to like, to have him be pretty awful for the first 20 minutes and then yeah. have it be like, Nope. Like these are the characters you're supposed to care about. I never, I never was like, Oh man, I, I hope that they make it through. I was more on like Juan and uh, Adela's right. Side. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, you don't want a pregnant lady to get violently well, killed by right, someone. Well, right, but I purge. just was like, I don't care. So when I, in, in a sense, you <laughs> sort of are like, well, I hope at least his wife survives. But yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more. But this guy kind of gets a pass, like in the way that a lot of people were mad about um, Sam Rockwell in like three billboards or whatever, yep. you know, like a reformed yeah. racist or a racist who's like kind of seen the error of his ways. But like, but does it really. really actually do much? <laughs> And the like to change that, and of course, you know, the movie ends, but hopefully, this guy will uh do the work, yeah, and embrace I mean, like his at, new life in Mexico, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, he does put his life on the line for them, but That's like, it's true. just not, but, it's, but it, 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 it falls into it. It's not because he like has made this choice, like, there's no like character growth of him doing it it's more just this is what this action movie has this is what i have to do now you know yeah it's kind of like Uh, what other choice could he possibly make in that situation right right (laughs) well the other thing that i kill us that i find that i find really frustrating about this movie just right out the gate is that i think that juan and adela are incredibly fascinating and really great on screen and you know having this other family in there it just makes it feel like that they didn't think that they could sustain a movie with just Juan and Adela. And like, they could have like that. I think that they're both really great in this. Um, I mean, I know that like Tena Cuarta and um, what's her name? Anna de la Reguera. They're like Mm -hmm. definitely up and coming, you know, stars and names, but like Josh Lucas is like your heavy, you know, your big name in this movie. And so, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of good that he was willing to play like a kind of complex character who didn't have to be like a complete hero. You know, he's not he's not like Frank Grillo or whatever, right, you know, yeah. like, or, or Ethan Hawke or whatever, you know. But um, it's uh, it's definitely complicated. And I mean, there is one point where everyone's asleep and him and Juan are in the truck and Juan's like, dude, like you don't like me because I'm Mexican. You're racist. And, and he just says like. He he basically tries to say like, look, I'm not racist, but I think everyone should keep yeah. to their own kind. Which I'm like, okay, well, if you're saying that, you are racist, right? I we, uh, we were like, I, I know we were like laughing and rolling our eyes at that part too. I did think it was like interesting that in this bigger movie, like that they're portraying the kind of racism that like, you know. A lot of times in movies when they're portraying racism, it's like someone who's like really overtly racist and over. Right, the top. and you have those people throughout the movie. You've got yeah. a guy with a Nazi tattoo and oh, yeah. and yeah. terrorists that just want to kill beaners or whatever, you know, or I think they but call like, them beanies. Yeah, but like weird. the racism but, that doesn't always get highlighted are the people more like Josh Lucas Josh Lucas's yeah. character, where it's like more in the background, but it's still influencing your daily decisions and the way you act. And right. So I thought it was interesting that we get to see that portrayed in like a big studio film like this. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that there is something to be said for that. I I, I do think that I, I, although I don't think that this movie does enough Mm -hmm. to call that out as not okay. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a kind of, it it, it kind of gives him a pass. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like kind of, it's very shocking that he like, 
even says that and admits it instead of being like, no, no, I'm not racist. Look, yeah. I'm friends with this guy, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I hired you guys. Yeah, yeah you know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a more insidious, quiet, you know, kind of racism that maybe he wouldn't have even ever said out loud if it wasn't in the middle of the night in a life or death situation being confronted, you know, by this guy and, you know, no one else is listening, but yeah, um, exactly. I don't know. It's right. It's definitely very complicated. Like, I don't know the right answer, but I don't I don't feel inclined to uh, just like you said, Justin, to like give this guy a pass or think of him as the hero or the protagonist in any way. Yeah, yeah no, no so. way. I never once was like, yeah, I'm glad he made it out of there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's almost like his wife really doesn't do enough either. Obviously, she's pregnant. Right. Obviously, she's freaked out. But even before things start going wrong you don't see her really kind of like stand up to his uh behavior much yeah, exactly no. so like she knows he's like that and mm-hmm. she she knows she's not like that and she gets along with Juan and Adele and she's the one that's like we have to bring them we have to go get Juan's wife we have to mm-hmm. you know treat them like they're the same as us and he, he goes along with it but like you don't get the sense that he's doing that because he really believes in what she's saying you get the sense he's doing it because it's an insane situation and she's pregnant and he better just do what she says yeah. <laughs> i do think that like part of the reason it's so disappointing is like what we were talking about is like you know justin you're talking about this rich narrative that you got from the patriarch of this family that's not in the movie yeah but i think that there's a, one of the best scenes in the movie is when the purge happens and we're inside this really fancy ranch house mm. and it's just kind of these long lingering shots and nobody's being explicit nobody's talking about like nobody's like so what do you think about the purge or what do you think about the founding fathers but it allows it to be ambiguous and and there is tension amongst the family there's tension amongst them and you can tell that they're all like yeah like this is the thing that happens none of them are actually really comfortable some of them are a little bit scared but like there is also this there's there's a almost responsibility that's hanging in the air amongst them as well that I think is, is a really palpable, the best and most fascinating scene in the movie. And it just kind of leaves it by the wayside because by the end of it, it's just, you know, these two dudes need to buddy cop. They, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're one of them's white Sox fans, one of them's Cubs fans. It's like, no, one of them's a racist, like, yeah. but they just kind of fall into the tropes of action movie team ups uh, yeah. by the end of it. And there's like a little bit of a flirtation between the uh, younger sister and the other ranch hand, this guy TT. And, uh, but it never really like gets consummated. And then he gets off before anyone, anything can even be said out loud, you know? And I really like get the, like, I felt like if it had culminated in like, I mean, the most she did was like put her head on his shoulder while he was sleeping. But if if there had been like a kiss or if they had like, if she had said, oh, we've actually been in a relationship for a month or something like that, like Josh Lucas would not have taken it well. Would have I lost his fucking believe. mind. Yeah. yeah. Like even in the heat of the even when other people are trying to kill them. Yeah. I feel like that would have completely derailed him. I completely agree. Yeah. So. So uh, we do get to see a little bit of the actual purge night. Um I thought it was uh, somewhat interesting that we get to see kind of like how a uh, different community, uh, you know, survives through the purge. They, you know, uh, uh, Juan and Adela have, and NTT have like, you know, paid their way into some sort of like community safety 
you know, lockdown area where they're Again, like in a community center. They only warehouse. leave <laughs> at like sundown though. It's just like <laughs> yeah, don't <that's> fucking <laughs> wait till like uh, we see this in every purge movie, and it's like people would I'd be locked down at fucking three o'clock. Like, yeah, for sure. No one no one's I, I did think it was kind of like definitely interesting and a change of pace when you find out that like oh wow they actually even though they're leaving so late it's like a red herring because you're like oh they actually made it in time and everyone's inside and for once we're not gonna see like somebody who's stuck outside during the purge or <laughs> yeah. whatever you know i mean i guess ethan hawk didn't do that but all the other ones it's been like oh my car broke down before yeah. i could get to the oh, you know no. whatever and i was like god damn it please don't do this and but, it was yeah. so shocking to just see an entire purge night quickly go by and really like yeah they had a few little like oh who's that what's that but no real like break-ins or scares and then it's just over and you're like wow okay (laughs) even though i know it's the forever purge i saw the trailer it's still surprising because we've never seen a purge go so uh inanely before i do think that the first act i think a lot of our i mean I don't want to speak too soon about our disappointment with this movie, but I do think there's a lot of intriguing things happening in the first 20 minutes of this movie. And this is definitely one of them. I really liked that they had this uh, mercenaries holding out a position. The mercenaries were just like, this is easy money for us. Like, and, and it made it seem like that. Yeah. Like that makes total sense. Like a lot of people in the purge or anarchists, you know, if you have five military dudes on a building, no one's going to fuck with you. Like, unless there's some specific reason that made a lot of sense. And it made a lot of sense why it was an easy job for them, too. I actually really liked this kind of small economy, you know, where like, yeah, there's some grift. Like, they are probably overpaying these underserved communities, but like also they're protecting them and saving their lives. I, I know you guys didn't watch the uh, the second season. I don't think you guys watched the second season of the Purge series. No, what no. happened? But that that episode, uh, that season, uh, you, you know, the for- the Forever Purge isn't like the first time in the series that we're seeing what happens like after Purge night, uh, mm-hmm. because the the entire second season takes place like in the first episode. I think the Purge happens like real fast. And then the rest of the series is about like all the stuff that happens after the purge and the kind of the fallout, which I thought was really cool. Um, but I just, I just thought it was interesting, you know, that this isn't the first time that we've seen like a really short purge and then deal with things that are happening afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I recommend that season if anyone hasn't, uh, you know, had a chance to watch it. There's a lot, like every episode, the start of it shows a little cool, cool, different, like, you know, little piece of what happens um, after purges every year. And I think uh, it's worth checking out. That's awesome. I watched the entire first season. Yeah. Um, recent. Three times. That's yes. the threesome um, season. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everyone starts going back to normal, going to work. Um, and, and I, so the way that, uh, so, you know, the whole movie, you know, that like the forever purge is going to happen and you're like, I, I kind of like that in the movie there wasn't any, um, you know, I kind of thought maybe there'd be some grand declaration or something and it happens a little bit, but like the first thing that you see without anything happening is like, they're just watching like a news. There's a newscast yeah. and the guy's like the purge is over and the people are out there <laughs> trying to clean up everything. And then he just gets shot in the head out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, Oh what? And people scream and they don't like, they don't like go back and investigate that anymore. It just happens and they move on. But you kind of get that sense that like shit is going down slowly in the background. And then suddenly, you know, all those, you know, purge cowboys are <laughs> attacking Josh Lucas and his family. 
Um, but I kind of liked how they they ramped that up a little bit. Yeah, the movie does deserve credit for that. Like there is there's a decent amount of confusion in terms of what's going on for uh, a, a, the entire second act, really. Like, um, I, I think one of the things I liked about this movie and what the I, the concept of the Forever Purge brings is like. Uh, I felt like this one felt the m- most chaotic and like yeah. just chaos happening. And like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, shit is going crazy in the world. Like anything could happen. A lot of the previous, I think we talked about this previously and a lot of the purge ones have felt like, you know, you're, you're out in the world encountering these, like, you know, like you said, Halloween horror nights, vignettes or whatever, like, Oh, here's the guy trapped here. And now they're going to fight this guy. And that guy. And it's now like, there's some sort of bunny mask, there's, man. Yeah. There's not like a, there's not a sense of like the world has gone to shit and Oh my God, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen? How are they going to get out of this? I, I liked that feeling in this movie that there was no safety net, you know, also during yeah. the regular purge, there was always like those, you know, just survive till the siren. Yeah. And the people that like specifically were out in the purge, like trying to help people survive and stuff. And now, now this is like, you know, everything's all shit has gone and hit the fan on this one. Yeah. I don't like that reporter getting shot. I mean, it's sort of like scary because obviously, uh, Obviously, this first, not first, but this insurrection that we had in January, they were going for Mike Pence for the no, boats you were or right whatever. But first, <laughs> <laughs> the, they they were going for Mike Pence and and whatnot. But like, uh, probably the next insurrection and and future ones, they're gonna go like for a journalist first yeah. because they they believe the media is lying and tricking everybody. And also, if you take out all the media, there's no way for anyone to get like information about what to do yeah. or what's going on. Well, so. I mean, like the insurrection, the, you know, the uh, January 6th had, they got all those cameras. They and did. Threw yes. Them in, yes. Threw them into a pit and burnt them. Like, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but uh, yeah. it wasn't to this level that we're yes. seeing in the movie. Obviously. Right. Right. Uh, thank goodness. The, the, but the, the fact that it, that insurrection like is a thing that actually happened here made yeah. this movie, uh, feel just a little bit more like I was like oh god like this could something like this could even happen you know and like you know like in the newscast at one point in the movie they're saying like we don't know yet if this was a coordinated event or someone planned this or it just happened on its own and I was like that's the same shit they were saying about the yep. the real life insurrection and it's just like very scary to see those parallels and, right. and yeah. uh, I was like is this the kind of entertainment I want to be <laughs> You know, yeah. consuming it. Well, point. especially when it's not, it's using those themes. I think that the biggest thing, and I will keep coming back to this, is that it's using those themes and not saying anything particularly right. insightful about them. And I think that those are themes that need to be engaged with in our modern discourse, but not for action movie fodder. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, and it just, I mean, it really, again, all comes down to this being a delayed release that I'm yeah. guessing based on some of the really, really bad, and I'm sure they did the best with the, you know, footage that they had, but there are some really just glaringly awful ADR moments in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because, you know, things were changed after the insurrection happened or after COVID or whatever. I'm sure they changed certain lines. They swapped out some quips or, or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, no offense to like those professionals that worked on it. Like they probably just didn't have the right shot to line up with it. Yeah. But like it, there was some really, really, really bad ADRs. <laughs> yeah. You know, the kind that like when you see it happen, you're like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, you said that? Yeah, wait, what? Uh, that's not what she said at all. Yeah, 
<laughs> like was, a cable movie with yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Edits, no yeah. good melon farmer it was yeah. <laughs> it was pretty obvious like multiple times yeah i think even that newscaster that gets shot like his his dialogue was not matching his mouth at all either right but okay. yeah it's the forever purge we get the purge cow i actually really liked the design of the purge cowboys i kind of was hoping that they would be like villains throughout the movie but yeah. I just liked their, like, you know, the makeup and everything that they had. Yeah. So the white ranch hand, the one white one who's poor, he hates the rich white people even more. And so he leads the uh, the group that comes to kill them um, post And kills a surprising amount of them. One? Well, he only kills, he kills the-, the rancher, right? Yeah, oh, he only right. kills I thought he killed, I thought he killed one of the Bill Patton's too. character, yeah. No, no. They all make it out. Um. Yeah, Will Patton's character. I mean, it's Juan and TT. Like you know, save them and kill them all. And like, obviously, it's good that they did that. But at the same time, it's kind of like these. Um, I don't know. It's almost like a trope or stereotype of the like good-hearted, like hardworking immigrants at the heart of gold that are like saving these people that are like their. Uh, their bosses and masters essentially you know mm-hmm. um i don't know it's like in an old movie that takes place in the south when you see like some slaves save some white yeah. lady or something or from getting robbed yeah. or something like that it's not great um i have to say too that uh will Patton's uh monologue that he gives before he gets killed is great <laughs> <laughs> he's great i love he's him good. when he's yeah. just like what do you think you're doing while you're acting out the purge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you're, you're one of them you're working for the rich motherfucker like it's so great like yeah of course you know it's eat like the rich but i was just gonna say uh his, his speech was like uh you know i imagined it was like trying to explain uh like truth to a QAnon person <laughs> where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're saying all these true things, but it's just not ever going to hit the wires in their brain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to trigger that. Where it's just like the only thing, my only response is anger and violence. Yeah. Now I'm going to shoot you in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, some of the white people get out of there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, Thanks to Juan and Titi. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know um, the actress who plays, Cassidy, the pregnant wife, but mm-hmm. I did read on IMDb that it was a fake baby bump that she could put snacks in. Oh, <laughs> Pur- purge snacks! Good on you, Hollywood costume departments. Put yeah. more snacks in baby bumps. Yeah, that's almost <laughs> as nice as the uh, the the Loki costume where the lady could breastfeed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All sorts of news about that. Anyway, um, the sister is this uh, actress. Levin Rambin, who was uh, on All My Children back in the day, who played twins, and one of the twins was like on the spectrum or like kind of disabled, so like oh god, maybe slightly a problematic depiction, but the other twin was not, and uh, they would always like you know there was also shenanigans about it. Uh, Twins shenanigans. I always thought of her as like uh, the poor man's Emily DeRaven because they look very similar in <laughs> my do. mind. And also like her name is DeRaven and this chick's name is Rambin. It like looks very <laughs> similar, you know, like, I, like they're, yeah. So anyways, they're I've always thought like of her as same that. person in your brain kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like um, if you like, Julia Stiles and Lily Sobieski or whatever, you know, like there's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever. There's yeah. always like a twin person. Yeah. yeah. Uh I get it. I get it. So she's well, here. 
they all escape in a uh, in a semi truck. While uh, I think Adela is uh, getting into kind of a, a saw slash purge trap on her own. That yeah. was crazy. I'm surprised her neck didn't just like snap off <laughs> yeah. immediately when that happened. Well, one thing we didn't talk about is on their purge night when they're all with all the mercenaries, we get an insight that right. Adela can handle herself with uh, automatic weapons. Yep. That's right. And that the mercenaries are totally cool with a random person grabbing one of their <laughs> weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, we get the, the fair idea that, like, she's not easily scared and can handle herself. And this trap catches her completely off guard and she's terrified. And I think it works incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, and then her uh, her boss slash friend, mm-hmm. this black guy, Darius, like kind of saves her. But also she really like. <laughs> You know, helps kill these bunny men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bunny men. And then you know, in true American fashion, the cops show up and arrest uh, <laughs> the people of color, and not the clear yeah. criminals in crazy bunny masks. I mean, they're dead, but still, yeah. they, they just immediately assume that, like, you know, that they were the ones that instigated the murdering. I guess I, I don't know. It's kind of uh, sad. <sighs> kind of sad. Yeah. Um... It's it's interesting. And like we said before, uh, our truck crew is um, going to look for Adela for Juan because Cassidy insists that before they try to just drive off into the sunset, they have to find his wife because mm-hmm. he saved their lives, which, you know, Fair. maybe not smart, but a good idea nonetheless um, for this movie. It is one of the things the plot point that's just like we have to get out of this truck because it's blocked. Yeah, so let's get out. And then, like, as soon as they get to the place, the truck just drives up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. This part was kind of annoying because we get lots of really annoying characters like the uh, crazy Nazi dude in the in the paddy wagon with. Yeah. yeah. That's stupid. Who's only credited as actor. And uh, he's from Wisconsin, Justin. Oh, God. Well, then probably didn't have uh, to but like I, I, I feel like that him being credited as actor is good for people who are like, well, you're a Nazi. And he is like, my literal credit in the movie is actor. <laughs> hey, I'm just an actor, as you can see. Uh, but yeah, he's it, it's upsetting to watch. I, I I get why you want the crazy skinhead in the paddy wagon being like all like, I love the fucking purge. Like he's like, this must what it listening to him talk about the purge is like probably what people who are obsessed with Christmas. Like it's like he has that same (laughs) enthusiasm, right? But it's like guns and ammunition. He's like, well, there's also like a drugged out chick that's kind of saying the same stuff. And yeah, she's just like this character. Yeah, like I get it, but I still wish that like once the the van crashes and he breaks free, I feel like in that moment his priority maybe would have been to escape and leave rather than not kill them, almost yeah. try to rape her. Yeah. Like it seemed more like a sexual assault. Like it was going that direction even more than a murder, in my opinion. Like the just, way that yeah, happened. and I just like those those characters and moments like that in these these movies. I'm always like, ah, I just like I hope there's not people that go to watch these movies and be like, yeah, that guy was awesome. Did you see that guy? Yeah, just because like I hope so too. I don't know that kind of stuff. I'm just like, do we need to see this guy be that over the top? Like, I don't know. And it's just like spewing so much 
negative crap that I'm just like, yeah, next scene, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Um, but yeah, they escape. They find they they invite Darius to go with them, but he doesn't. And then spin off movie again. Spin off movie. That, that like I. If this I was a video game, sure. I'd be like, this is a DLC chapter coming in a few yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought for sure, like, because I feel like in the other ones, someone always splits off from the group so that they can come back at the end and be yeah. like, oh, I'm here and I saved you just in the nick of time. But like, this guy never comes back. I don't know if maybe that got cut or, you know what, but he yeah. just is like, oh, he's like, oh, I got to go find my family. Bye. Or we're gonna get the purge Darius in a couple two a couple years from now. <laughs> Darius forever. The, the Darius. At least we'd have to see him get killed because yeah, uh, was, yeah. We don't uh, want well, nobody wants to. Spoilers for uh, Quiet Place too. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. So they uh, start driving off. They what? Stop at a gas station. Yep. Uh, uh, they pick up peanut butter and jelly to show that those two are. Uh, oh my god, that was the scene that I hated the fucking most in this movie. Oh god, yeah, that was pretty bad. We're talking about Titi and the the rancher daughter, and one of them scavenges some peanut butter, and one of them scavenges some jelly, and they're like, oh, and they look at each other like, huh? be fate. Look at this. Oh my god, hated it. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. And the uh, but the gas station is where we learn about the opening of the borders for six mm. hours, which I thought. Right. I think we also knew from the trailer, but I think that's like an interesting turn of events for <laughs> for the, another uh, thing that I hated about this is that like one of them, like TT, hears the broadcast in Spanish. Yep. And then when he brings it out for the rest of us, he finds it in English. And it's just like, could he not have just translated? <laughs> he probably could have. Also, like six hours <laughs> no it's the most insane thing in the world where it's just like we're gonna do this super humanitarian thing but we're only gonna up for six hours and after that it's done like yeah. i'm pretty sure that you and i could not even make it to san diego in six hours on a friday without the purge no okay like yeah. everybody's on the freeway like there's no way we're making it no to the it border. would cause so much it would be it would cause so much more harm than good i mean it does cause chaos <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's pretty messed up i mean you know who's to say that people that that would even happen in the first place yeah, there's all these like news things like other oh, countries are horrified at what's happening in the United States. And I'm like, aren't they always every day? Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I wonder if that would actually happen if this was a real situation. I mean, it, no, I mean, countries do open up their borders for when there's, you know, war crimes and terrible things happening. I, I don't know that uh, after all the rhetoric we've had in the past you know exactly you, like do, i, I don't know that they us? would <laughs> but they I, at us? the same time i don't think you know a lot of those things where it's not tit for tat it's it's that people need help and and i think that there's i hope that there's always countries that are willing to open up their borders for people that you know need need asylum yeah but maybe for like 24 hours yeah <laughs> Yeah, six hours. Six hours is a good way to kill a lot more Americans than anything right. else. And then everyone who makes a go for it and doesn't make it is stranded out in gridlock traffic out in the open, in like purge zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not not good, not a good idea. Um, but anyway, they're driving. Um, we we get oh, to they masquerade as a. Uh, as purgers for a minute to get yeah. away. Yeah, we get we learn that like there is a the whole thing. Okay, first of all, there's a couple of funny things. Like the movie is called The Forever Purge, but the in in the actual movie they 
refer to it as the ever after purge. Purge ever after. Purge ever after. Barring Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying I mean, to purge ever after from our memories. Um, actually, don't people like that movie? I've never seen it. Uh, anyways. Yeah, uh, ever after is fine. The, but but the main, or, or maybe like, I don't know if it's the main group leading it, but one of the most extreme groups leading it is called the uh, Purge Purification Force. They even get like, you know, when they show the title card of the Forever Purge, it has that logo mm-hmm. for the Purge Purification Force. And they're the it's ones. It's like that, a skull with, it's like a Death Eater situation. Yeah, it's like a, it's they, like a triangle. They, it's a very convincing thing. And as I was thinking, watching this movie, I was just like, you know, what do you do when you're in the art department? They're like, can you can can you <laughs> concoct a convincing hate group simple? Yeah. And like this person delivered like they but did a great job. It can't be too similar to any actual existing. Right. Hate group right. Because because then, then they will find you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I respect this person knew the task. They yeah. knew the task. And it, that is not an easy thing to do. And I mean, we haven't meant, we didn't mention it before, but that 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 night of the actual purge, you know, Adela witnesses one of these like caravans going around, and they're like, you know, there's like a radio megaphone, you know, blasting this like repeated message that is terrifying and awful, of how basically they're just gonna go around and like you know, basically go around and make America great again is basically what they're saying, but in like way worse bloody terms, like they're going to kill everybody who doesn't look like, you know, them or whatever. Yeah. Um, so these are real bad people, but they pretend to be them to survive the motorcycle attack. Yeah. But this is our, our friends (laughs) must have lived pretty far outside of town. Um, wherever their little town was, because it takes them all night to drive to El Paso. Yeah. Um, and they make it there. And well, first in the car, we have the racism conversation that we talked about earlier. And uh, <laughs> anyway, they make it to El Paso. And it, when they get to El Paso, it's very much like there are three hours left for the border. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, if you're already in El Paso, you don't need three hours to get to the border. Like I've been there one time uh, and you can see the border <laughs> in the town. Like it's literally right there. You can like, yeah. see Mexico from yeah. your hotel room. Um, but of course, with all the fighting and all the crazy people, it's, it's going to take them every last minute to try and make it uh, over there. Um, we, I forgot. We forgot about too, like that, that, time when they're like traveling to El Paso and they get almost attacked by these guys on the motorcycles. We were laughing hysterically in the theater because the scene is set up with like Josh, Josh Lucas, like narrating every single thing that happens. Like in case, in case you're a fucking idiot and can't tell like, Oh God, the motorcycles are coming after us. And then he looks (laughs) at they're coming up on the left. Yeah. They're shooting at us. Now they're trying to shoot us. I think he even says like they're on motorcycle. I don't know. It's like really stupid. (laughs) And thankfully, the sister had picked up the racism flag, so she was like, "One, get down on the ground. I'm going to pretend to be." Yeah, and then and then the narration switches to the guys in the motorcycles. They were like, "They're one of us. Let's leave." Yeah, (laughs) and then I think Josh Lucas is like, "They're driving away," and you're like, "Do we? Do we feel like that this was the ADR coming into play, or was this as scripted?" Well, when I, uh, I I mean, if I when I see (laughs) something like that, to know, yeah, when I see something like that, that reeks of like you know. 
some studio exec being like, this scene is confusing. I don't understand. We need to add, <laughs> we need to add in, like, it's not clear who's, ha- like, if they're It's not clear what their plan what, is. Yeah. So, like, is she, is she actually a racist uh, holding the flag up? That's That, I, that I feel, is, like, someone not trusting the audience, or maybe they just, like, couldn't didn't have the right footage to or the scene was much more hateful earlier on yeah that, like maybe that not now um true but uh, uh but yeah they make it to el paso and like many great universal franchises that we yeah. have uh watched thus far around the fourth or fifth movie it's time for a location that is entirely within the Universal Studios back lot. <laughs> this time specifically the Universal Studios Hollywood back lot. Yes. Um this it, it is instantly recognizable if you are us. Uh- <laughs> yeah, th- th- this was amazing because like uh let let me explain how this happened for me. Uh you know, we're watching the movie and you know, we pull into El Paso and it's like lots of street level stuff and you know, you see like uh, a bombed out ambulance and all this stuff. And like my lizard brain in the back of my head, like something pinged like Hollywood horror nights for me because, yep. you know, they have mazes down in this exact area. And like, right as that happened, like I see Tyler, like lean over and like start laughing with Eliz. And then <laughs> I couldn't hear what they said, but then he sits back over and I was like, and I was like, is this the studio backlot? And I was like, yeah. And, and it turns out you guys were already talking about it right before. Oh yeah. But it was just so funny that we all like had this like recognition moment at the same time. <laughs> Because it's so well, obvious. Well, not only, like, is it the backlot, but, like, that is where they specifically have the purge maze. <laughs> yep. It's, like, right there. And I wonder, like, you know, with COVID, if things had gone differently, maybe they would have used, like, the actual shit from the movie and just made it the maze, like, yeah. a couple months later. But um, it, it, for me, I was like, okay, this is, like, a backlot. And I think it's universal. But for me, when... when and this is how I... How I um clock the universal backlot in many movies is that there is this like once you get into the new york street there's one futuristic looking building with like white um <laughs> lines uh-huh. and blue windows yeah. that look doesn't look like any of the other buildings that they use as like this is the fancy high rise literally know? tear it down it, <laughs> it should tear that one down yeah. it, it's so it's such a tell like and otherwise i might not have i i could have been like okay that could really be any backlot maybe yeah. but once you show that building it is so obvious i mean it's not like they went in front of the the um hill valley you know (laughs) like city hall or anything like that but it was still like really really obviously universal and then they proceed to like get out of the cars and go through a universal horror nights maze like (laughs) you know with the vip pass because they didn't have to wait in line (laughs) thankfully yeah (laughs) yeah oh god do we do we need to have a sequel rights nomenclature for when a series it's it's around the third to fifth entry lands itself inside the universal backlot i mean especially if it's a universal film i mean yeah it's it's one of the things that has happened a lot (laughs) what i what i did like about this though is like that you know it's not like they uh needed to save so much money that it was on the universal backlot the entire time right (laughs) it was definitely just like this for this sequence the rest of it was like you know shot on locations in like the desert and stuff like that yeah which was a long pretty dynamic action sequence it's not like that they just were shooting there for efficiencies like there was there was reasons for this to be on a backlot there's reasons for it to be and also at least it was on the city streets of the backlot it wasn't on like the mexican street where they had (laughs) the last one like we're here in el paso (laughs) 
<laughs> that would have been terrible. They're like, oh, God, it's oh, raining no, it's, so hard. The purge is real. They were at least the giant ape. <laughs> oh, we're here God. at the flash flood scene from Big Fat Liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, um, but you have to so remember yeah. the millions of people who have never been to the universe backlot and have no idea. That's <laughs> no. True. I mean, we're yeah, we're in the five percent of people where like that's even noticeable. Five percent but... is high, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah. uh, maybe maybe not like uh, people might have an inkling after the entire sequence, but maybe not in the first shot where we're just like backlot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a backlot. Well, they, they escape into the theater facade of the backlot, uh-huh. but like they get separated. And what, what what interior was this theater? I couldn't quite tell. I think somewhere else. I think that they actually got. I think that was not in the backlot. I think that that yeah. was that was a different location where Maybe there was like actually in goth Texas. theater kids that were purging. I guess. Yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> but also everywhere around this theater are posters of universal monster movies yeah. and psycho <laughs> so then i'm kind of like maybe they were still on the lot like is i don't know if yeah, there's a maybe. theater interior I think they're just like keeping that. it thematic maybe. i don't know that there is a theater but maybe there I is i don't think there is interior like that yeah you know, i don't tiny know one but who knows who knows but maybe, maybe it's uh, a screen, maybe there's a screening room somewhere yeah that they've they kept put vintage. up old uh yeah, lighting fixtures yeah. anyways we're overthinking it but uh <laughs> You know, this could be the beginning of a crossover into the dark universe for the Purge yeah. series. <laughs> oh my God. You mean Jake Johnson and Tom Cruise are going to scream their way into the Purge franchise? Yes, yes. Sure, bring it. Great. Um, so yeah, uh, they get separated by a door that really shouldn't separate them, but uh, sure. Adela and um, Cassidy are alone, and then all the other people are uh, roaming the various alleys, and this is where we have our mother scene we yeah we get introduced to who turns out to be kind of like i guess the big bad for the movie yeah kind of but it's so late in the movie too that this dude gets introduced it's just kind of weird um but yeah we get introduced to like this guy who's referred to as alpha in the movie i don't think he has any other name but he's supposedly like the leader of the purge yeah, he, he radios. I, I think, I think just for like El Paso. Yeah, I think he's just like. Yeah, that's the, right. At least that region. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say that um, if either of you guys get to a point in life where you start referring to your uh, wives or the mother of your children as mother when your child is not present and not part of the conversation, I will not be friends with you anymore. Like, okay. <laughs> Just don't do that. It's creepy. It's gross. Yeah. I get that they're making fun of Pence, but it, they, he did it so many times. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really gross. And this is Mother. another. This is another guy that is just over the top. Like, yeah. And he's like saying like, "Oh, bad hombres," and all this like terrible like you know just. And also, the they kept calling shit. them brownies. I was like, "Is that? Yeah. Do people call Mexicans brownies?" <laughs> that was that was one of those things that also felt like studio. It was like, well, like this hey, this Nazi can't be saying too much hateful things. Don't, yeah, like, don't use like an actual <laughs> Rachel yeah. slur. I, I mean, know. as a Girl Scout, I was triggered. Uh, <laughs> But right. I, I, like I was like, well, why is it called the brownies? Like, I'm actually, I'm actually really glad that you brought it up because I do think that this is one of those things that actually makes this movie irresponsible in a way to me, it, where it's like yeah. it's like hyperlinking to real serious, real hateful rhetoric 
uh, but doing it in a Halloween Halloween Horror Nights, you know, haunted house, no fangless way. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes it feel like that these things are not threats or not real. They're make, it gives them this boogeyman type of thing that's uh, I think that there's there could be a power to that. I think there could be a reason to do that, but I think that it's a byproduct of what this movie's doing and it's not actually thinking about how it's rendering its villains. Um, and there, I think there's a danger to that. Uh, I think there's an actual danger to that. And the brownie thing is like the perfect example of something that's like, that doesn't seem right. It's telegraphing a sort of hatred, but it's also making it feel like that it's not that bad. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's it's, yeah, it's a Saturday morning cartoon version of it. But like he's also there's the the amount of violence and the amount of hatred that he's putting out there isn't Saturday morning cartoon. So there's a disconnect there in a way that I, I think is is. Um, uh, troubling. Yeah. Well, and the bad dialogue and the poor word choice is like a distraction yeah. from what's actually going on. Because then you're so much like, wait, what did he say? That you're yeah. like, oh, what is he doing? What does this mean yeah. for the story and society yeah. as a whole? You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, and it's sad that you know the purge when we had the the Ethan Hawk one, it was like, wow, what an, a a crazy idea. And in short time, we've gotten to a point where it's like, well, it's irresponsible to engage with these themes in a way that is for just pure entertainment. And I think that that's the journey of the purge over these past five movies. Yeah. And then TT gets unceremoniously killed, murdered, killed. But they get they get they get to take out mother. Mother. (laughs) She gets shot in the face pretty brutally. I mean, seriously, like, don't ever get to the point where you do that. I will no longer. <laughs> I would associate never with you. do that. That's just gross. Unless you're directly speaking to your child and referring to their mother. No, no, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, that's, I Even then, you should probably just say mom. Yeah. My par- my parents do that. It's weird. Uh, but yeah. like, well, like, and like while talking to me, it was like your dad. I've heard it. Oh, I've, okay. I've well, that's it. fine. But does yeah. he talk? Does he call her that when you're nowhere to be found? <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Well, you should. The camera footage them. hasn't come back yet. Yeah, like, so. Dad, I just want to make sure you're never referring to her as mother unless I am present. <laughs> Disturbing. Oh boy. Um. Well, yeah. So then they, uh, they, you know, they follow the roses. Both disparate groups follow the roses to the same place. And uh, this is the part where Tyler went to the bathroom during the movie and he missed a whole little <laughs> moment where they talk about how the NFFA has lost, lost control. So, like, yeah, the NFFA sends in, like, the army. No, no, hold on. Let's do, let's, 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 let's do this. Let me, because I don't know what happened. Let me guess. <laughs> okay, okay. You missed, like, uh, you know, a debrief of the news broadcast. Right. So, <laughs> so the NFFA are like, no, this is not the purge that we want. So they're going to try to sell, send in the military, but that's failing. And then the people they're telling them this are like, well, we can't trust them anyway. So we have to take care of ourselves. Uh, Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's, you okay. know, it's never, it's never 
uh, it's never clear in the movie if the NFFA is involved in the uh, right. forever purge at all, but you get the sense that maybe <laughs> nor we'll is it clear that. on the January. 6th. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, they, they exactly. never voted to have the commission. So we'll yeah, never know. You, you definitely yeah. get the sense that they probably helped stoke it. And maybe they're pretending all this shit, but like, yeah. So during the movie, they, at one point they declare martial law. They send in uh, the military, which is why when they get to El Paso, there's all sorts of crazy explosions and yeah. rocket launchers. And, there's, and, and there's one cut of a tank running over a car that we see four times in different <laughs> yeah. parts. Of the yeah, and they're also like saying that basically they're giving up on El Paso, kind yeah. of. They're kind of so like, El happens- Paso has fallen. Coming to theaters this fall starring Gerard <laughs> Butler and Morgan Freeman. But um, yeah, cause, cause direct like, to video, maybe. Because like, Apparently, the Forever Purgers, like, you know, take out one of the military bases in El Paso, right. and they're just like, fuck this, mm-hmm. we gotta pull out. Yeah, so they're retreating from El Paso. But... Anyway, the um, nice Mexican people that are the Rose Brigade, um, they the reach Rose out Brigade. to this um, <laughs> native uh, tribesman who we saw talking on the news against the Purge very briefly earlier. Yeah, he's he's one of the exposition. Yeah, this was one where I was like, like when he came back into the picture, I was like, what? Yeah, so he comes (laughs) with a big old, you know, fruit truck kind of situation. It's Um, like, wait, the guy who did the CNN sting from D.C. is now in El Paso. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Uh, so they they throw everybody in there um, and it's, you know, to their credit, uh, it's it's all kinds. It's whoever was there got put in the truck. They weren't like eh, like a few people were like, what about these whites? And they were like, eh, they're with me and, and she's pregnant. And they were like, OK, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there wasn't a big thing about it. And yeah. there was clearly like an Asian guy and some black people and some other whites and lots yeah. of Mexicans all thrown in the truck to escape to Mexico. Yep. And they make it uh, and they make it all the way to, you know, his camp. And then they're going to like the whole thing is like, oh, well, uh, there's a part of the reservation where, you know, the the terrain is so rocky that they can't build a wall. Which there. I think is true. That's, yeah, that's part probably of the reason true. the wall doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they're going to climb over this mountain basically to get to. Uh, uh, would you say they're going to climb every mountain? Climb. Every <laughs> Ford every stream. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that it's not It's not even that like it's this nine mile thing where like the, it's too rocky. It's literally like there's a nine mile thing that's 20 minutes outside of El Paso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so they're going there. And of course, you know, the alpha guy has rallied all his racist troops to right because now it's them. personal yeah and they're in a bunch of those like what do you call those like doom buggy type like yeah yeah that they're like wannabe they, mad max they bros. look like tactical golf carts though like they do not look cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. and they're like hanging out of them shooting guns like yeah yeah it's like they're, they're driving aggressively that's just like i want to speak to the manager there's a lot of i want to speak to the manager vibes on there they should have done that thing where they put like the spikes out on the road or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, well, anyway, Uh, um, so they start sending the pregnant lady and all the almost all the people up the mountain, except for like five dudes who know how to shoot guns and like one lady and our heroes. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a troubling distribution of weapons that happens in this movie. Everyone gets guns, except guess who doesn't get a gun? Anyone want to guess the. Guess what weapons the two Native American characters get to have? They have bows and arrows. I mean, he was pretty cool. It was a catalyst situation. They were exploding arrows. I still was like, you know, yeah. But he's like, oh, uh, 
they give him like literally a tomahawk and an, <laughs> and a bow and arrow. And so I was like, are you kidding me with this? Like, hey, but okay. In case anyone listening though, didn't watch it. It's not like literally made out of a tree. No, branch. It's yeah. like a tactical, like it's a compound yeah, yeah. situation. That, that yeah. Doesn't, necessarily make it it's better still <laughs> was like i was like what why he you got some cool this? moments with it he did no he, he did, did. He did. But, but then the it was time, unfortunate yeah. because all the native people that were helping them got killed except for the bow and arrow guy and the the leader of the tribe and it didn't necessarily make sense why they were helping them yeah it was just weird help them and like yeah. they could have they could have accomplished the same like okay they could have had that at all the same stuff in that scene and everything and they could have just also had guns like why do they have to be like, it just was weird i don't know strange yeah. choice uh but i mean even then like this scene uh, this third act has a bunch of disparate action scenes that seem to be happening independent of each other uh like all the tension of you know will the oh well the the woman starts going into labor i don't know if we mentioned that mm -hmm. uh she's literally giving birth and she's like we have to get to mexico uh, and then it's just like all of these weird interior fight scenes. Yeah, there's like a little places. shack that they yeah. go into. There's yeah. like some true detective stuff where they're putting on uh, skulls and like hiding in the For shadows. For no reason. And, yeah. There, did you guys see the hot new face mask design? Uh, th this fall's hot face mask design that's got like, you know, holes to hold your uh, shotgun shells, right? Oh, the face mask. Uh, that was so. I, right. I remember seeing that and being like, what? Because it's not practical. What do you need bullets on your face mask yeah. for? It's not a good place to carry them. I also like, well, I'd have to watch the movie again, but I feel like that guy gets killed twice. <laughs> yeah, I think he in, does. In this last part, does. I'm like, I thought that guy was already dead, but okay. No, Justin, it's just such a popular mask choice that there was two guys <laughs> yeah. rocking them. Yeah. That's the that's the uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They kill a bunch of people. We What's we his... we get our we get our favorite uh you know our favorite moment. Does this translate? <laughs> that we were talking okay, about so last week. It's a great moment, and some people were cheering and clapping. People did and stuff, cheer, but yeah. they totally ruined it in the trailer. It's like that is the bet that is like the climax of the entire movie, and they put yeah. it in the trailer. Well, it's like hard, one let, let's let's set it up where like they they have uh uh it's his wife, yes, yeah. yeah. He, the the main racist guy has captured Adela. Mm -hmm. He has a knife to her throat, and he's trying to convince her to call for help so that all the people that yeah. are escaping to Mexico come back down the mountain. And all that she's screaming is like, "Kill this motherfucker!" <laughs> kill this yeah, like, which is kind of awesome. She's like, "Kill this pig! Kill this pig!" Blah <laughs> yeah, blah she's blah. Like, and she's like, "Speak English." I mean, this guy has been, you know, bloodthirsty and killing everybody. It's insane that he doesn't just kill her. It's, on it's the spot. funny too that like he doesn't. He he has so little understanding of Spanish that he couldn't even tell that she was saying like "mata." he gets killed by like okay so then juan and dylan both lasso him from behind <laughs> yeah. but he's holding a knife to her neck so if you pull him from behind is he yeah. just gonna cut her neck like i do uh, i do want to talk about this lasso moment <laughs> because the movie builds up to it from like so scene dumb. Too, because people are just always throwing rope around themselves and then hustling somewhere. Well, yeah, that, that moment. Like, why are they carrying so much rope? That moment when they hand out all the weapons, like those two guys get a bunch of rope, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are they going to do with that? 
It's not bulletproof or anything. They're going to sing a little song like Bailey Madison and Cinderella Story Starstruck. That's right. <laughs> I, it's like I get why they put it in the trailer because it's also a great trailer moment, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Sure. And clearly it was because we were like talking about it immediately after seeing the trailer. <laughs> if it's a great trailer moment, fine. But then have something else yeah. like just no, as good. No, the, the, the movie climax. had nothing else to offer. That's I true. know, yeah. it was a bummer. But it, I mean, you know, it's like the it's like the classic thing when you uh, see a trailer for a comedy film where all the jokes are hilarious, you're laughing, and then you go see the movie and people crack the fuck up at the same jokes they heard in the trailer. Yeah. It's like the exact same thing here. People cheered like it was the highlight of the movie. And maybe yeah. it was, I don't know. <laughs> it still was, I mean. And it wasn't even that full of a theater and people were like woo yeah yeah because yeah. you know he was so awful so it was great and I then mean, yeah i mean all the racists are horrible even if they're cartoonish they still suck and they yeah. should all get killed yeah but like it's uh yeah it, so that was the moment and then uh basically they make it down to a bunch of refugee village giant cg mexican flags yeah yeah and, all- and uh all Josh, Josh in case Lucas you didn't know it was Mexico. <laughs> meets his entirely robotic android baby for yeah. the first time. And all he wants to do is ask if he can hold it in a really the baby from American Sniper. This was this was another moment when we all laughed in the theater because yep. his wife is like, You should hold her. And he goes, Can I? Like just <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Can I? Like a little boy. Yeah, like a tiny baby boy <laughs> who didn't just endure like the most horrifying I, I totally life. forgot about that. Oh my god. <laughs> it was uh yeah, that was another moment we were all laughing. And I mean as cheesy as it would have been, I could have still used like any sort of thoughtful spoken acknowledgement of Juan and Adela at this point. Basically, he holds the baby. He looks at them. He like smiles and nods. Does he? I think he maybe mouths a thank you, but like, let's like show that he actually like learned anything from this, please. But they they just don't. That's not his jam. Yeah, and we immediately cut into a bunch of like news news uh, talk. Yeah, and then the news thing. They're basically saying like. You know, they're zooming out over Earth or whatever, and you're saying the lights and like they're basically what they're saying is that people, regular people are fighting back and taking down the ever after purgers and that, uh, you know, people are banding together and rising up against the madness and blah 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 but i'm just kind of like that i thought that was really lame well like, yeah, was, we didn't see we didn't see that yeah, we you're gonna resolve that. it off that's what i was gonna and then that's what i was gonna say this moment was one of the things where i was like i think i would have rather seen that movie where we get right like, yeah because that is much more you know instead of just like this you know epilogue you know monologue from some random newscaster uh, making it be like, and everything's great in the end. It would be great to have like this other movie where we're seeing like the good people fight back and it would be way more hopeful than this movie just ends in like a, f- what feels like a fake. That doesn't feel well, hopeful. It's like, I mean, I thought like it was fine if it had been like, okay, this is kind of like a bottle episode about, you know, this one place where this happened and this one time and then the next movie should be like okay how yeah. is this resolved it shouldn't just be like in this dumb voiceover and i guess they still could do that that's but true, like i just well, wish you, they had left it open and, and like tenuous you can't, you can't have your your cake and eat it too right where they're like well yep like all these extremist elements like this is the thing that was always going to happen with the purge and we see it 
there's consequences to it. We watched the entire movie with this happening. And then at the end with a voiceover with a magic wand, they're just like, well, the good yeah. people are standing up they, for it. They should have left like, it. Yeah. I was going to say they should have left it more like, well, fuck, like now what do we do now? How do we come back from this? Like what? The fuck? Yeah. It's like, it's like w- when that eventually happens and like they had to escape, like you just had all your protagonists escape to Mexico. And if all these good people are standing up and doing the right thing, then like, why'd they leave? Yeah. Exactly. And also like, yeah, okay, maybe the people rise up and take down the insurrectionists, but regular people shouldn't have to do that. The government yeah. should have done it. <laughs> and even after the all the insurrectionists are taking are being taken down, the NFFA is still in power and still in charge. Yeah. Yep, it's not great. And there's no commission. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. On the ever after <laughs> we know that we know that yes <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, oh well, boy i guess it is uh that time where we talk about how many bundles of rope would you give uh the forever purge so i know we've just picked it apart a whole bunch but <laughs> honestly like it was kind of fun to watch in the theater mm-hmm. with friends with you guys and with a full audience of people that were like into it and laughing and yeah. you know whooping and hollering and everything and um and and the action you know was mostly good and there was a bunch of scares and i'm so like it's funny because people are like oh you know uh conjuring wasn't scary or quiet place wasn't scary i'm like i don't know i'm so not used to being jump scared that every single thing like scares me now <laughs> yeah. for the next few months um and I I did think the performances were pretty good by the um all the Mexican people and not uh, I don't obviously we said but we don't really care for uh, Josh Lucas's kind of yeah. strange middle of the road guy but anyway um I still had fun and maybe like my standards are just messed up by the pandemic but I'm gonna give it um seven bundles of rope. oh wow dang wow seven all right. Uh, I was going to say that uh, I thought the movie was okay, but not great. And I was going to give it five bundles of rope um, because I feel like, uh, you know, it's a decent movie. It's not my favorite of the purge. I feel like, you know, the, these, you know, I kind of was like more interested in the story that happened in the second season of the purge TV show. Like, you know, this is now the first time where probably a lot of people are getting to see stuff that happens you know, after the purge and instead of like exploring that in an interesting way, like the TV show does, it just is like, what if after the purge was also the purge, which I guess is kind of, you know, it's kind of like also interesting in its own right because of the mass confusion and like the initial shock of the fact that like crazy shit is still happening, even though it's supposed to be done. Um, I did kind of like that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, you know, and you know, like I said, with the, with the end dialogue, I wish there was, I feel like there was a better way to set up this movie and I I guess they were trying to go, you know, even further, you know, these movies, I thought it was funny. Um, I saw Jacob Hall, who's like a film critic and news editor for uh, Slash Film had posted this tweet this week that was like, there's apparently an entire contingent of horror fans who are angry that the Purge movies, quote unquote, suddenly got political. And my <laughs> goodness, I have no idea what to even say about that. And he posted <laughs> he posted some things that came from IMDb. And there's one that's like, 
all the, you know, all these people are being like, I can't believe this. And this one is like, it says, what? save your time and money. One star out of 10. Worst film in the franchise. Acting was very subpar and the storyline was also subpar. Even though this movie is about an annual American event, not everything in the movie needs to be political. Save your time and money on this. And uh, I do get that, like, you know, I feel like they went even stronger and harder in the political stuff in this movie. I disagree. <laughs> well, I think I think it was just like, yeah, I think it was way more over the top, like banging sure. your head with the political stuff than it was like, you know, even the slight subtext of maybe some of the other ones. But yeah, one of them I just was feel like the, 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 the reality caught up with the movies. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the you know films is literally called Election Year. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't Anarchy. know what the fuck these people are talking about. Um, but I just thought it was really funny that people would be upset about that. Um, and I do My think God. that like maybe it was like ham fisted and not like well handled with the with what they're trying to say in this movie, but, uh, right. You know, I don't know. It, it was still, it was still a decently fun purge film. And, uh, yeah, I'd watch another one. I'm going to give it five bundles of rope. I think, um, one of the things the purge movies have done a pretty good job about is, uh, having like random antagonists, like antagonists per act almost where it's like, Oh, it's like this masked person pursuing them. Now it's this, uh, now it's these rich people, you know, that are having the weight that send in the weights. Um, and I think that the, antagonists in these movies are and this movie is not good like i i agree that the uh cowboys are more interesting i do think that it's fairly ham-fisted and i think that the biggest issue that i have is that they wanted to do like a big trouble little china thing where juan was actually you know the star of the movie and he, and josh lucas is a sidekick or Actually, I would have enjoyed the movie much more if that's what they did. That's not what they did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, But I think that there was definitely a route for that to happen of like him to realize like, oh, no, I'm the fucking sidekick in this. Like, I need to follow his lead. I need to do this. And that's not kind of what happens. And the reckoning and lesson that he learns is really milquetoast for a movie that is dealing with some shit that's real unfortunately yeah, at this point yeah. uh and they i gotta think that be I'd pretty be okay. careful they gotta be pretty yeah <laughs> i think i'd be okay with that if it was just a crackerjack action movie that was entertaining wall to wall it's not that um but that being said uh yeah i did have a lot of fun in the theater watching it i i enjoyed the experiences of it but i i also boy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, these are still our, you know, some of our early days back at the theater, and it was yep. still fun time to see, like Ela said, with people who were excited about the movie. Did you give it a number? I don't think I heard five. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, also, I want to say too that overall, I mean, like I said, this was sort of like a bottle episode, but almost to yeah. its detriment, in my opinion, because. And maybe it's just us doing what we do, but <laughs> I would have loved more lore, more yeah. callbacks mm-hmm. to our people that we know. Um, you know, even though the TV show got canceled, what harm does it do to throw somebody in there and they live in El Paso now? You know, like whatever, right. like, um, you know, how cool would it have been 
through if if instead of random news persons, we had Juliet giving updates and being, you know, like maybe she promised to end the purge. Right. But maybe it didn't quite work out because she couldn't get the votes the first time around or yeah, whatever. She also you promised know? to close Guantanamo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so she was working towards it. And then this yep. happened. And, you know, she's got to take back control, you know, something like, I mean, literally any acknowledgement of everything that we've built up to. I feel uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I feel like in all in each of these movies we live we live and die for the news broadcast cuz that's where they like bring in the little tidbits of like what's no, happening totally. in the outside world. Otherwise we're only ever focused on like these few people that were I totally agree with what you said earlier in the episode, Justin. We're just like I want to see the movie where the people actually fight back and like yeah. what happens then. Yeah. Like Yeah. I and mean, I guess we could still see that. We don't, we don't know. It could happen. Maybe. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe you don't yeah, maybe you can't get Juliet or Ethan Hawke, but maybe you can get one of the people from the TV show or from the first purge, and they're now a talking head on CNN or well, whatever. And you, you can know? even say like Elizabeth Mitchell's like this is this was her chief of staff or like former president, right. you know, like like yeah, like there's stuff that you can do. Like it's not and also like the the with the ADR and whatever edits they made. I mean, we saw in the credits that there was a Burbank unit that had COVID safety people, so there was some reshoots of something, you mm-hmm. know, later on. But um, you know, a- another podcast I was listening to was making this point about another movie. But if you have a whole extra year to work on it, <laughs> there's way less of an excuse. Like, uh, you know, why yeah. shouldn't it be perfect or right. at least better? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, would you guys, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the next one? If there is one, I mean, you said it's supposed to be the last one. Is that what they actually said? Everybody's everybody's saying that it should be the last. It's it's supposedly the final one. I don't know why. Shut the fuck up, Demonico. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why it would be. Why wouldn't they just sit down at your typewriter and get writing? Okay. Demonico saying that and Blum saying that, but Blum, Uh. you know, Jason Blum's whole thing was like, it's the last one, unless it's not. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. I mean, come on. They, they 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 can come up with any stupid thing to keep it going. Yeah. I feel yeah, like man. come on. <laughs> it'll, it'll uh, it, this was the worst performing opening weekend of any of them. Well, oh, really? yeah, but it's yeah. under the pandemic it's era. Under blah, blah, still blah, blah. reopening circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch an entire purge movie of Juliet just sitting in her uh, parlor sipping tea and waiting to for it to be over. And, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why couldn't they get her back? Like, what, they could do it if they wanted to. They just. He just is maybe not interested in in that kind of yeah. world. Well, building. I mean, I I can tell you if I read the script, I would have reservations. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Anyway. Um. I yeah, but I still want to see more. It's still you know, yeah, totally. and even though, like we said, it was clumsy and ham-fisted, there are still this concept still has a way to say things about politics and about society in ways that the audiences will not see elsewhere and maybe won't see at all, depending on who they are. Like there are people who probably watch these movies that don't even know who Rachel Maddow is or something, you know, like that Mm -hmm. never watched the news, never engaged. I mean, they're the people that are like, wait, when did the series become right? Right. (laughs) But for all the, for for however many people are saying that, hopefully there's a few other people that are like, wow, I didn't realize X, Y, and Z. And maybe I need to actually look at, you know, what's going on. But yep. who knows? Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's not our humble movie podcast <laughs> where we get rewrite things on lasso basis. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. So 
Next week, it's uh, back to the dinos. Yeah. For those of back you who have been like. Valley with a have, different type of racist. Daddy tops. Yeah. You guys are like, <laughs> I don't want to watch Cinderella. Sorry. I don't want to watch the purge. I'm too scared of that. We're back to the peaceful Great Valley where nothing ever goes wrong ever, except for every single time we watch a movie. Um, but yeah, next week, we're back into it with The Land Before Time 9, Journey to Big Water. Uh, yeah, so you guys will be, that's that's going to be a fun one. And then, uh, you know, after that, we're just plowing right through the rest of them. So, <laughs> All right. Well, join, a, join us as we wrap up The Land Before Time and then the, over the next few weeks. This one could have been called, like, Forever Purge, The Journey to the Border. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Journey to Big Border. Journey to Big Border. That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, God. Email us your thoughts. Uh, we've probably said a lot of political things, so I'm sure <laughs> someone's annoyed. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, or if you agree, you know, whatever. Yeah, let us know, too. Uh, at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at SQLRights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way to helping other people find the podcast. Uh, we don't have any ads. We don't have everything else. So uh, that's the best way you can support us. And we'd really appreciate it. That's right. And uh, thank you guys for being here this week. We'll see you guys next week for the Land Before Time 9 Journey to Big Water. This is not a test. This is what you made me do. Got me against the wall and you want to blame me too. I've lost it all and you want to hate me too. Pues a ver a como nos toca cause I hate you too. Ahí vamos por todo mi modo y no taking it back. You hate me for all that I have that you know that you lack. Invisible to you, to you it's either white or it's black. So you painted me out to be bad, now I'm giving you that. But this isn't over. It's about to start. I got nothing to lose and everything in my heart is telling me that it's time. I'm going against the odds when this shit is life and death, then what the fuck is a law? This isn't over, it's about to start I got nothing to lose and everything in my heart is telling me that it's time I'm going against the odds when this shit is life and death What the fuck is a law? Me tumbaron y me patearon Mi trabajo quebraron y hasta lo pisotearon Me hicieron sentir menos, me pusieron mil pero Mil veces me vi en cero, insultos me dijeron Pero yo no soy la víctima, ni tampoco soy monstruo Lo que pasa es que la venganza por fin tiene rostro Por fin yo tengo el gozo de salirme del lodo De los días tormentosos, ahora sí me las cobro This isn't over, it's up, out, up.